Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Legion of Myth live stream, episode number 213, Becoming a Reality, this 11th of May, 2019. In America, Mother's Day is tomorrow. If you have a mother, you might want to consider her fondly. If she's still able to receive communications of some wavelength, you might want to send those out, kids. Unless, of course, you don't like her. In which case, hey, whatevs. Sunday. am your favorite child, Alex Garthon Marsh. And with me is my plucky but beautiful stepbrother, Brett hey. Heathen Dog Grissomer. That's nice. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I hope we find you well. Uh, yes, today indeed. Is, uh, yeah, today is, uh, is well, uh, one of the anime today is just bad just bad ah, spoilers now i don't even want to watch anymore oh, no, you don't even watch ah screw it everyone okay, bye. <laughs> but the question is which anime is bad and which one why is it bad i already know i look you already slides. know yeah and everyone else is going to know too that's right but speaking of things that are happening to <laughs> my face <laughs> table for me <laughs> on today we're going to talk about ingress the animation because if anything needed animation it's ingress Yes, it's well, a it's a, a portable game. It's like a mobile game. It's an ARPG, my friend. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It's an it's an ARPG, augmented reality RPG. It was sure. the forerunner to Pokemon Go. So yeah. they only made the Pokemon anime to make Pokemon Go, which is the opposite of Ingress, which they only made Ingress to make the Ingress animation. I'm sure. Oh, that's exactly right. But yeah, I could talk on that. And Ultraman the anime. That doesn't need an anime. You have guys in suits and giant monsters, man. That's true. Oh, my gosh. Godzilla. Godzilla's coming out, man. King of Monsters. Come on. Come on. Give it up. Right? Right? You're in. You're in, right? I, I, I did Godzilla's. All three of them. No, the new movie's coming out. Oh, the new movie. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Because oh my the God. last 20 years has been great. King Ghidorah. Godzilla. The previous look fan. Shin Godzilla was good. King Ghidorah's in it. Looks like Rodan's in it. No, wait, that, there's Mothra? Oh, come on. Come on. I don't know, man. It, it could be a little crowded. The last Godzilla was good. Okay, the the, the, the five before that sucked. All right, any, all right there was a, like a Matthew Broderick period <laughs> we don't want to speak about. That was not good for Godzilla. It's true. It's Raven's true. Lair 38 with you. The new Godzilla looks, looks like they did it right. Heck, yeah, it does. Ah, oh, and a Garthas comic pull with... Sadly, much less Godzilla. Is Captain America number 10, The Flash number 70, and New Agents of Atlas number 1. Garthot's comic poll bringing you a number 1 every, every week. week. <laughs> <laughs> and in the R&D, we're going to talk about video game remasters. Are they good or bad? What are they? Do they make your heart a flutter or a thudder? We will find out. Actually, if, if you don't know which one of those it is, then it's all new information to you. and You probably don't care. Listen to the whole thing. It's good. <laughs> but we'd like to give a special thank you to our top current subscribers. Thank you, our top April Trit subscribers. We appreciate you. We appreciate our current May subscribers. Thank you so much. Our top Streamlabs donations, Baldahar, so Pickleweed, Dorsha Space. Thank you so much. Twitch gift subscriptions. We like that. Zahn, knocking it out of the park as always. Thank you, Zahn. Sean Butts is way up there. So is Hicks and Jinsa. Thank you so much, guys. Cheering through Twitch. Always, we love that. Thank you so much. Let us know how we're doing. We appreciate it. Uh, Zon is always in it. Sean Butts, Jin66, Sean Paxlayer. Thank you so much. And our April patrons, Brian Hicks, Sharon, Aaron Matthews. Thank you so much. Brian's been there for 30-plus months. Thank you so much. Keeping us going, making us strong. Uh, although the last one, the guy from Breaking Bad wasn't that bad either. Yeah, that wasn't. Yeah, he was. Yeah. 
Who'd win Inspector Gadget? Goes, oh, God, okay. Well, I'll tell you what. In the box office, it was Inspector Gadget. So, uh, well, with the Matthew Broderick version. Again, another Matthew Broderick film, exactly. Right. Yeah. But the Geno version of Godzilla, uh, Godzilla name only, is so bad on so many levels. It's just... It's like they tried to make a Godzilla parody, and someone kept saying, no, this is a serious film, and everyone's like, we wrote a parody. It's not even really called Godzilla. It's called Gadzilla. And they're like, no! And so they remade the whole, and, and everyone was confused. That's the only reason that movie is like it is. All right, but we're trying to get followers on Twitch, as always. We're at 1,000. Tell people to follow us on Twitch. We appreciate that. Uh, we're at 865, we got 26 more, so come on down, everyone. Uh, Twitch subscribers, we're at 58, trying to 100, but that's okay, we're not discouraged. We will reach that goal. And then everyone will get stuff. Everyone will get prizes, and the world will be a better place. For you, and me. Just wait. You just wait. And see. And see. (laughs) (laughs) Our YouTube subscriber goal is 2,000. That's free! Subscribe to that, doesn't hurt, doesn't hurt at all. And... Gino Godzilla showed up fight the real Godzilla. Oh, that would be nice. Get his butt kicked. And our Patreon goal is $100 a month. We're 21. We're stable. But what will many of these goals achieve? Well, for every goal we hit in 2019, we'll have a special contest in that venue. So if we read our Twitch goal, which we're very close, we'll have a special Twitch giveaway with over 250 in prizes and $1,000 in video games. Get ready to give away right now. Oh, my God. If all four goals are met and held for three months, we'll have a giveaway comes with at least a thousand prizes with more giveaway, including an epic portrait painted by yours truly of you doing epic things in an epic situation. Any bearing on reality is coincidental. Irrelevant, even. Irrelevant, actually, is the better term. Thank you. <laughs> so tell everyone, friends, family, other nerds, people you meet randomly on the subway, if someone's attempting to engage you in conversation you don't want, you should tell them about the Legion of Myth, and maybe they'll be so excited they'll leave you alone. So retweet. Let everyone know. We have over 200 episodes of the weekly live stream. It's one movie where the was Monster X. Oh my gosh, I don't remember that one. So over four years of content, gives you anime reviews, comic book reviews, tabletop gaming fundamentals, interesting nerd topics. Elgarian is streaming Stride of the Avatar every single day for your enjoyment. For your enjoyment, he does this. There are diseases he could be curing, but he's not doing it for your amusement. It's Shroud this of the is Avatar. more important. It is, and I agree with that. There's always going to be diseases. There will not always be Elgarian. And you need to partake of him now. It was Shroud of the Avatar. <laughs> he the dog is, <laughs> is playing uh, through StarCraft 2 in the Wraith Ladder matches. And lo, though he is beaten down, he never gets up. He always dusts himself <laughs> off, Captain Marvel-like, and strides right. back up to the plate no matter what mean things her dad said about him. And he always goes, knocks it out of the park later. Well, exactly 50% of the time. That's right. <laughs> I have a 50% win rate. And Garth and Heathen Dog team up, currently doing Empyrean, and uh, Garthon is propped up incredibly by uh, by Heathen Dog. Uh, Garthon almost dies of dysentery, starvation. <laughs> you actually fell cold. off a rock. I fell I off a rock. I drilled under myself and broke my he leg. Dri- he destroyed a rock he was standing on. And uh, it- Normally it'd be fine. It only looks tiny rock. Duck no, it says 70 hit points is enough. I live. It was a monolith that he was standing on top of. He decided to destroy it and then fell and broke his leg. Like no kidding. I thought it would slide down the rubble. <laughs> it did not happen. Uh, so that's well, join the Legion. Join us on Discord. Watch us on YouTube. Go to YouTube. Look for Legion Myth. Get our gear. Shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion Myth. Follow us on Twitter at Legion Myth. Tweet us. We'll tweet you. We'll have that conversation of love, my friends. And don't forget. SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, get the audio version. Max Leo is doing his YouTube stuff, uh, which is great. He has his unboxing with the Bigfoot Bill graphic novel. Uh, created by 
Uh, where, what's that guy's name? But it's from the creative Earthworm Jim. I'm trying to remember his name right now. Uh, funny guy, interesting art, hardcover, 100-page comic, and the unboxing of the Astonishing Swordsman as Sorcerer of Hyperborea Kickstarter, and that looks really cool. Uh, has a player's manual, Rats the Walls, other perils, adventure module. So we'll see what he thinks about all that on YouTube. Those are always fun. His YouTube videos are Earth Dawn for Adepts, Archer, and Wizard Arc out. That wizard <laughs> dropped today, I think. Yeah. So you know the Archer, and that's a really cool display. And like I said, how many times did I go to the source store look at, try to talk like an Earth Dawn wizard? <laughs> Full sooth. Next he up. Did that. He did that in the video. In the beginning of the video. <laughs> and actually, in the capture, says, This is what Arcane Mutterings is like. Ha ha ha. <laughs> he started. <laughs> bantering off on all this all these uh 25 cent words uh that's awesome pretty funny and don't forget it up for stuthu time <laughs> upcoming activities uh we have our twitch followers subscriber giveaway coming up next week the 18th right. uh for every five subscriber entries activates up to three 25 dollar amazon gift cards uh yeah. for every 10 entries we get we get two well, steam games follower entries is two steam games for every five entries from subscribers is one gift card sure 10 is two We've given away books, video games, LOM swag, and more stuff we've given away this week. Join us, please. Tell your friends, spread the words. Follower and subscriber giveaway happens every month. And if you are a subscriber, you get better prizes. That's how it is. And also, Gen Con 2020 is coming up very quickly, my friends. So, ticket registration, January 2020. Activity sign-up is in May. The event is in August 2020. We know it's early, but we want you there with us, hanging out. Telling us role-playing stories of the time you were in the dungeon with the snakes. And the snakes were riding on giant rats. And we want to hear about that, my friends. We will swap our stories, and we will be a legion together. What are you doing in a dungeon in Australia for? <laughs> <laughs> well, they were running from the giant spiders, because this is Australia. Yeah, fair enough. And the spiders were marsupials. And inside their pouches were koalas with fangs. And yes, po poisonous koalas. Poisonous koalas. <laughs> International Tabletop Game is coming on the 1st of June 2019, less than a month. So post your tabletop picks for International Tabletop Game. Let us know how you're doing. And our favorite picture or show clip, video clip will get a prize to be decided. Here's our streaming schedule. There's a lot of it. Join us every day. Monday through Friday, try the Avatar. Elgarian, watch it. It's good. Monday through Friday, StarCraft 2, PvP Ladder, 10 a.m. Central, watch it. Saturday at 8, Central, 9 Eastern. Anime, comics, games, live stream. Doing it now. And... Garthon does Sunday at 9 p.m. Central, 10 Eastern, Retro Console Games. Currently doing Yakuza Kiwami, which yes. is a remake of Yakuza on the PS2. Thursday mm -hmm. doing Empyrean, uh, currently with Heathen Dog. Others may join. And Saturday we're live streaming, which one do we say? All right, rating system, half bad, five good. We will, you will learn this soon. Disclaimer. Yes. Ah. <sighs> The opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or even offensive language. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. In a world. <laughs> Couldn't help. That was beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you're a fan of anime, wait, wait, ah, full screen, full screen. Shh, 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 that didn't happen ever. All right, here we go. If you're a fan of anime, tabletop gaming, or both, don't miss an episode of Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dogma. 
Each week, Heathen Dog alternates between anime reviews and tabletop gaming fundamentals. Now watch live and chat with Heathen Dog every Saturday at 8 p.m. Central Time to share your thoughts and recommendations with him. Now, without further ado, I want everyone to join one. Bring your minds to a small point. Visualize with me a whirling dot of blue and white gently circling. The dot expands, grows wider. You move towards it slowly through the blackness. And you find that you aren't moving towards it, but the dot is moving through you. The dot is not a dot, but a universe. The universe comes, and into your mind it expands. You grow with it, my friends. And as your mind expands to this new universe, you find it was not your universe at all, but the universe of you. No, it is now one, my friends. And lo, your brains has entered another cosmos, no longer constrained by the mere bounds of a fictional mortal you have transcended my friends and in that moment you know that in one life all we have together is heathen dogs anime on the stream hello everybody glad you could make it uh today is netflix heavy it's all netflix all the time today and oh. uh we have one one that uh, just dropped this week and one that dropped uh last month i think month month before something like that i watched it when it came out but i didn't i didn't uh think to review it until today but before we get to that let's go on to the big huge button all right ah, what, do you, what do you do with a big red button yes you press it is the whole button clickable no sorry. Oh. if you're watching on youtube you got to go underneath the screen there's the real button but that's Pop a reminder there you go if you ever clicked a button you should subscribe if you've ever not clicked a button you should hit like hit all the buttons <laughs> <laughs> Okay, our first anime, Ingress, the animation. Now, they have to say animation because Ingress was a, is a game. Yes, on your phone, where you can on walk around and uh, click on something to take control of it for your team. It's Japan Go. Well, it's American. Oh, okay, it's American Go. It's, it's, it's Pokemon Go, but with no Pokemon. Right. They made now, it more fun later. There you go. The, the animation... Is a story about about the kid. You see him uh, right below me. He's on the the left. I wish we that would be left. But, uh, yeah, he's a uh, and he he can read objects. He can read the history of objects by touching them. Psychometry. He he has that ability. He's had it since he was a kid, and this ability gets him sucked into this grand level intrigue to control the world, and he is just not ready for it. Now let's go to the particulars, the ingress details here. Uh, now, the interesting part of this is the music. Now, uh, I'm not sure which, uh, if it, the international version is on Netflix or the original version. Probably the international. Probably the international version. The music, I'm going to tell you right now, was excellent. It, it had it had movie-style score in it. Very nice. Really good. Really like that. And uh, you, it's 11 episodes, so it's, it's not long. Each one is between 25 and 35 minutes. It's not long. And, of course, you can watch it on Netflix because that's who bought it. Now, we're going to the main plot device. I have to explain this first. You raise your hands Well, Well, when you see the stars, maybe you maybe you want to, maybe you want <laughs> First thing you have to understand is what is exotic matter, XM. All right. Uh, exotic matter, uh, if you, you know, there, it doesn't really work like the, like the, what we call exotic matter, you know, like, the sub subatomic stuff. No, it, in, in this animation, it's a little different. Uh, it was officially discovered at CERN when they were doing collider testing. 
and uh, they discovered this this exotic matter, and they're like, oh, it has some effects on humans. Now, it's been leaking into our world since time immemorial, since people were around, maybe even before that. All right. And what it does is it changes people. And that, it doesn't really change their minds. It more makes them more of what they already are. All right. Like if, if you were if you were born naturally predetermined to be fast, then exposure over long periods of time to exotic matter will make you faster. If you're... Duncan, Duncan guesses, wants to guess that Merlin was an XM user. As a matter of fact, it alluded uh, in the anime, it, it alluded that a lot of great people in the past were influenced by exotic matter. Makes sense. All right, they, it showed pictures of Aristotle, Einstein, Newton, uh, Usain Bolt. You know, like everyone is like, you, you. they were around exotic matter a lot and it enhanced them. All right, now, be, because of the official uh, discovery of exotic matter, now people can be enhanced, I don't want to say artificially, but the process can be sped up quite a bit to enhance people even more. All right. And that's where we are with exotic matter in the beginning of the anime. Okay, now Fair I can enough. introduce the characters, main characters. Makoto Midorikawa. He's a special investigator. I say special investigator because he's one of those psychic detectives, you know? That uh, Those are cool. Yeah, those are really cool that, that people don't really believe in. But this guy's got results because he is, unlike the other, the, the other people are shams. He's the real deal. You know, he, he, can, he can touch a murder weapon and know who was holding it at the time of the murder so he very convenient. yeah it's very convenient in catching bad guys you know so it's great so he was contracted by the police in america and he came back to to japan and he was contracted by the police there and uh, uh it said that his 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 win rate was impressive and he got a lot of results and uh the reason is because he has the the psychometry he had since he was a kid and it hasn't been great for him all right hasn't been great when he was a kid, his mother didn't want to touch him because Aww. because uh, if, if she if you touch a person, you get a random event in their past. Just some random event could have been yesterday, could be twenty years ago, doesn't matter. There's no control over it whatsoever. So that's 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 a little bummer. Now he gets sucked in the story by investigating an explosion at uh, what is it? Hulong? I think it's Hulong. Yeah, Hulong Corporation. There was an explosion there, supposedly a gas leak, but the police had to come in and do a preliminary investigation. And there was a woman there, the only survivor, and he he touched her ring and got a psychometry flash on it. And we got a clip of that, if you want to show it. Uh, what if I don't? Then that's bad. All right, I'll show it then. Okay. Ah, it looks like it wasn't grounded. <laughs> Now he's seeing what happened in the ring's past, which is it's like some dude exploded. Yeah. And she was in the blast, obviously, but she was far enough away that she survived it. Hmm. Very weird. Now, as you can see, you know, having these revelations is quite shocking and uh, uh, it's very taxing mentally on him. Mainly most of his life, he's thought of this as a curse because he usually takes jobs that don't have him around people yeah it sure doesn't seem pleasant yeah it's not pleasant at all but that's how he was introduced to sarah coppola which is the the woman she is a former hulong researcher and uh she tried to expose the company 
for its illegal exotic matter testing. Mm. It was testing exotic matter on people. Now, this isn't this isn't legal because exotic matter isn't you know something. It's well, it's it's not safe for testing, and they were testing on people, and people were dying from it. Oh, the like, weak ones. Okay, batch one failed. Let's try batch two. So no, she she was in the middle of of, of downloading files and stuff, and and uh, they ended up getting her, and it wasn't great. Her special ability is she can see exotic matter. Okay, she can see it all around her. It changes her perception all the time. She does not see like a normal person ever. As a matter of fact, clip two will show us what she sees all the time. Go ahead and roll clip number two so we can see it. Now, we, we can see it because of uh, because of Mikado's uh, psychometry effect. This is what she sees all the time. Okay. This is her world. It's like crazy lines everywhere. Yeah, that is her world, okay? That, that's, you know, it's all she sees is the world and with exotic matter, it's like matted on top since she was a baby. That, oh, that's, that's weird. how it is, right? Now, uh, she runs when, 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 she, when she wakes up, uh, she, she gets uh, Makoto to help her get away from Hulong because Hulong wants to uh, use her ability somehow in some way, which I'm not going to get into right now, because first uh, we have to talk about Jack. He's our third main character. All right, Jack is a former army army soldier turned mercenary and became a bodyguard for a guy named Christopher Brandt. He's the guy in the first clip that exploded. Oh, that was Christopher Brandt. All right, he was he was also a former Hulong researcher that defected once he found out what the company what the company's so plan. I guess he didn't want to explode. You know, he had to because they had caught her, they had caught him, and this was the only way he predicted that she would get out because he knew he had already ordered Jack Norman, his bodyguard, to find her and protect her. All right. If he caused a commotion, a ruckus, Jack would be able to slip in and get her. Well, what happened was uh, Makoto got there first and got Sarah out of there, so Jack's chasing them while Hulong is chasing him. So he's got to not only find Sarah and, and, uh, and Makoto, but he's got to fend off Hulong hit squads along the way. Now, this guy's also a sensitive. He's got a really cool ability. It's called flash forward. Now what it is, he can see a couple of seconds in the future. All right. So he can dodge bullets. He can dodge traps. Uh, he knows when you're going to enter a room. He he can he he basically has the ability to shoot an orp- open doorway, and have the bullet meet you as you turn the corner. Mm. So he's had this all his life, but now now that he's joined a faction, he is the resistance faction in the XM Wars. Uh, he has he has these cool little sunglasses that actually concentrate exotic matter into his body, so it increases his powers. So before he could only see a split second in the future. And when, it, when his powers are fully activated by uh, a, a shot of exotic particles, uh, he can see a couple of seconds in the future. All right. So that, that's a really cool ability. It, it worked, he, and he uses it really well since he's such a trained killer anyway. It's handy now, to have. Now, we're talking about the bad guys now. Obviously, Hulong is the, is the evil corporation in the beginning of the series. And its, its main uh, lieutenant is Liu Tianhua. All right. He is the, he is the fixer. He's the Hulong fixer. 
he get he does all the stuff that the company doesn't want to do uh all the illegal stuff he's in charge of the exotic matter testing he's in charge of getting rid of witnesses he's in charge of uh bribing people to to make sure you know the plans go through and uh he wants to capture sarah and kill mikado and jack because they're just loose ends sarah is important her ability somehow is important to the grand plan of the oolong corporation all right the huge plan her being able to see exotic matter apparently is something they want to rep they want to be able to replicate for their agenda now i'm not going to tell you what that agenda is because that would be ruining the plot of the story but uh hulong is the is the tip of the spear when it comes to bad guys i want you to think of uh uh the the uh, role-playing game mage with the uh with the uh, technocracy the, the the technocracy itself is comprised of several groups working together for a common goal it's not a good goal no it's not a good goal but i will tell you that the the hulong corporation is one of the groups in this umbrella of bad guys all right so that's basically what we're looking at now what did i think about this three stars oh all right it was it was good it was good the story was good it was well paced it was put together well you didn't go from one scene to another or you didn't or the the uh the antagonist or protagonist and go oh i got an idea out of nowhere that he had to have to promote the plot no it's all written very well it's all logical you can follow it the writing is good now now the writing what i talk about writing is interaction of characters when they're talking to each other either good guy to good guy bad guy to bad guy good guy to bad guy whatever the story is written well the writing the writing is good because all of the interaction between the characters you believe that is a believable situation and their their interaction and the end result of the interaction is again something that would happen in reality okay great and the premise is interesting the exotic matter uh in enhancing humans which is why you know one out of every million people or once or twice a generation there's a genius or there's there's like you know like a a great athlete or or a, a great musician is because of you know exotic matter exposure okay great premise now what i didn't like about it netflix computer generated imagery awful i hate it i hate it this it seems wasn't... like there's a series of anime that are all cg on netflix they all have... netflix, yes netflix i think is to save money it always feels like it's missing a lot of frames it is it in oh the the movement is stiff it's robotic and it just gets on my nerves. I hate it. Beyond that, the antagonist, uh, outside of uh, of of Liu, the, the the main bad guy for the first part of the of the anime, all the other antagonists were paper. You know, they weren't really fleshed out. The rest of this conglomerate of evil is barely touched upon. Just long enough to know that there are several disparate groups that are working together to, you know, take over the world or whatever. But it doesn't really get into them, you know. It and they're they're giving orders in the background, but you don't get to know their motivations. You don't get to know, you know, how they got into the game, stuff like that. They're just used as cut out bad guy, cut up bad guy number one, cut up bad guy number four. Eh, the writing could have been better on that one. So that's why I bumped it down to three stars. But still not terrible. No, it's not terrible. I, I, I had I enjoyed it. I did not waste my time watching this anime. And you won't either. 
All right. What about the next anime? Don't waste your time watching this anime. <laughs> well, that's a I'm spoiler. Ultraman. It's, a, it's not a remake. It's a continuation of the original TV series. That's All what right. it's based off. Fair enough. There have Between that time and now, there have been many iterations of Ultraman. You know, manga and anime and stuff like that. This one ignores all that. This is straight from the original to present day. All right. There's nothing in between. All right. Fair enough. So decades have passed since the since Ultraman came to the world and then left because the because the giant kaiju monsters stopped coming. Falcon's Lantern loved Ultraman. I did too. You're probably not going to like this anime though. D- just right. do your Okay, anyway, let's, let's go to and the And then we'll details. find out why. Okay. Uh, it's only 13 episodes, thank goodness. And uh, it came out uh, April 1st. So, yeah. Uh... Never released anything on April 1st. It opens you to too many jokes. Yeah, five weeks ago. And, of course, you can only see it on Netflix because that's how it is. Oh, you love the anime. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, this anime or a different this anime? One or, or one of the other ones I mentioned before or I alluded to before. Hopefully not this one because I don't like this one. Anyway, let's look at the main characters. Shin Hayata. Now, he was the original guy who was possessed by the being of light or Ultraman. He's, he was the guy in the original TV show that became Ultraman. All right. And when Ultraman left, uh, he was he was left behind now as a regular guy. Or so he thought. He's not regular anymore. In fact, having the having Ultraman in his body changed his DNA. It augmented his body, which uh, they they speculate in the anime that that's because housing such a powerful entity, some re- some redecorating inside his body had to be made or else he'd pop like a flesh balloon. Makes sense. And it makes perfect sense. I like that. That's fine. He's stronger, faster, and much more resistant to damage than any other person alive. All right. Now, his deal is to keep his son safe at all costs. All right. At all costs. And to keep his son's secret safe, his and his son's secret, because no one knows that he was Ultraman. No one knows that his body's been changed. All right. And if we go to the next slide, we see him, we see him donning the, the new Ultraman suit. Now, when monsters appear again, like I said, it's been decades, 30, 40 years since monsters came to the earth. Now the monsters are back. He he had he has his Ultraman did not come back with it. Did, did not come back to fight the monsters. But <laughs> that was that was unfortunate. It was unfortunate, yes. Uh, it's but, kind, of, uh, kind, of a, kind of a jerk move, really. Well, maybe he's busy doing something else. I don't know. We're lucky he came the first time, basically. But uh donning this suit uh amplifies his his altered DNA and he, he's be able to become more powerful even with the suit on. All right, which is great. Now, yeah, right. uh, and again, he goes to fight, but it doesn't end well because he's an old man. He's grandpa now. Grandpa can't fight like he used to. So the, the monsters being young pups kick his butt pretty hard. And that brings us to his son, Shinjiro Hayata. Now, he inherited his father's augmented DNA because he was he was born after Ultraman left him. So, oh, right. yeah. So, so he has his father's enhanced abilities, only better because he was born with them naturally, and they grew as he grew. Sure, why not? Yeah, he gets pulled in to the emerging monster threat. Now, he didn't want he, his father kept him away from it. He didn't. You know, his father didn't want anything to do with it, but monsters just found him. Maybe because they can sense his DNA, 
I don't know. They didn't get into it. It's not clear. But uh, I think we have a clip of his enhanced abilities as a teenager. Yes, we do. We can, we can see we can see what he can do as a teenager. Go ahead and show he that. He stands clip. in the building, Peter Parker, like. And he leaps. That's uh, like more of a Hulk than a Peter Parker leap. Yeah, yeah, it's more of a Hulk leap, yeah. Uh, okay, Rams, I'm sorry, missed. Uh, oh, don't catch up. All right. Yeah, I'm going to ask you to, to show this again at a later time, so get ready for that. All right. But, uh, yeah. Uh, he, uh, he has the increased strength, increased speed, and increased uh, durability. Just, just like his father, and he has his own suit. If you look at our next slide, we can see him in his in his prototype Ultraman copy suit. Suits are cool. Suits are cool. It's a unlike his father's suit. That this one is an advanced prototype. It it has more energy. It, it makes the user stronger. But uh, his father couldn't wear it because his body's too old. Couldn't couldn't handle the strain that this suit puts on. Now this this suit allows uh allows you to do truly ultraman stuff like the spezium beam you know like oh thing yeah he can do that with this and he's got uh he's got cool uh uh kind of like a uh bio weapon um guyver kind of like a guyver vibro blades on his arm but they're made of energy it's pretty cool well yeah that's ultraman stuff it's pretty cool so he decides to fight for his father in his father's place because his father is too old to fight now Right. So, so he takes up the mantle as Ultraman, which is great. So fine. Now, the antagonist. What are we fighting against? Well, we're fighting against monsters. Yay! Monsters come back to Earth. There are several different kinds of monsters. Uh, this this one is a, is a rocky dinosaur monster, and he's one of the he's one of the people that they just like to kill folk. Uh, there's the flesh eating kind. There's the blood or, and or brain sucking kind. No kaiju's. Oh man. That's the rub. That's the rub. They're normal-sized monsters because there is no giant Ultraman, so they couldn't have giant monsters. Give him a growth suit. Some... I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. That really hurt me because I grew up watching, you know. Well, maybe Ultraman. The, maybe the sequel he'll learn to grow. Maybe so, but I doubt it. Like a batch of sea monkeys. Now the motivations of the monsters initially are completely unknown. You don't know at all why they're here after all this time. You don't know. It, it, it unfolds through the anime just really slowly. Like for the first three quarters of them, like, okay, I haven't really gotten a good reason why monsters came back or why they came in the first place. I thought they would shine a light on this, but they don't until way in. So right. Yeah, Marhawk says they can do giant stuff later. I'm with them. Yeah, they can do giant stuff later, I guess. What did I give it? Two stars, ouch. Two stars. Two stars. I did not like it. I'm going to tell you why. Uh, what I did like about it was they used the old TV show as canon. I really like that. All the other intervening uh, Ultraman series from the old show to now, just let that go. This is old show, jump 40 years to now, or however many years it's been to now. And use that as your history and build from there. I like that. I really like that. And the writing, the interaction between characters is excellent. It really is. The, the, there's nothing far-fetched there's no like how did he come up with that nothing like that it's all it's all explained through interaction with the environment interaction with, between characters and then that's how they move the plot forward i love it it's great now what i didn't like about it bad 
Netflix CG. Not regular Netflix CG, which is bad. This one's bad. Go ahead and run that clip again. And in the middle, when he's flying in the air, really take a look at at the at his uh, at his animation. It's like watching a uh, a uh, console game cutscene. Oh, those from, scenes are actually really yeah, really good now. From PS2 or earlier. Look at this. Now, the, the worst movement. part to me is the part at the very end where he like gets up and like you see all the frames missing. Yeah, like right there. Oh, it's just awful. The whole thing is like that. Either either everyone has really slow, too smooth movements, or it's jerky, because that is the uncanny valley of, of computer generation that we live in right now. That's it. And the whole thing is like that. And oh my god, the lens flares. Every time they have a light, they have a lens flare. Holy crap, JJ would be proud, man. I mean, I was I was half expecting Chris Pine to come out and get beat up for no reason. <laughs> there was so much lens flare. It was disgusting. And the story never really explains itself. They by, by the end, they give you some crap explanation about why the monsters came you know, decades ago and why they're back now. But it was so far-fetched. It was like, uh, did you just kind of shoehorn that explanation there because you forgot to do it throughout the series? I think that's what it was. It was not written well. The It was it was just poorly placed, and it didn't explain anything. It was crap. Just crap. So visually, it was a crap show. Uh, the 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 writing was so so. No, the, the the writing was good. The story was so so. You didn't really get into it. I didn't really get into it. And since I couldn't watch it because it hurt my eyes from all the lens flares and the and the bad animation, I I can't I can't tell you to watch it. It's just a poor poor anime. Yeah. Please watch it. Move on to something else, and you'll be much better off. There you go. What'd you think of this segment? What are your thoughts on Netflix's CG animation? I mean, do you like it? I mean, ever since they started making their own anime, uh, Blame. What was uh, it Knights of Sidoria or something? Yeah. Uh, Knights of Sidoria, and you know, uh, the, you go down the list. They've they've stuck to the the uh, CG anime, which personally I hate. But if you think there's merit in it, go ahead and let me know. I'd it's, love to see it. If it's done right, it could be pretty good. It all depends how much it bothers you, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. Now, uh, do you have any suggestions for future anime? Throw them down. I, I'll take anything from Hulu, anything from Netflix, and anything from Crunchyroll. I'll do it. I'll do it for you. And if you like this segment, please share it on Discord and on Twitter. Go ahead and throw it on Discord. Tell me if I'm good. Tell me if I'm bad. Go up on Twitter. Well, it's Twitter, so please be nice. Because... Duncan says One Punch Man Season 2. One Punch Man season two. Yes, I am watching that. Uh, I did. I did One Punch Man, and I want to wait till at least the middle of the season to review it. Ideally, toward the end, because it's not brand new. I want to. I want to get a feel for how how they're doing, and it, it is. It is significantly different than uh, than season one. Also, a part two of Rising of the Shield Hero. Yes, when this when the first season's over, I'll redo that one as well because that one's an excellent anime. It's just getting better. Ah, just getting better. Very cool. 
anyway, that's what I got for everyone today. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. All right. If you like this segment, please share it. If you didn't like it, please subscribe. Don't miss an episode. Follow on Twitch. Get notifications. And subscribe through Twitch because that's the best way to interact with everyone and get available for subscribe to giveaways. You go, ah, yes! Now my life is better. I understand the reason for this button now. Because you've subscribed and now you are cooler and everyone will recognize that as you order your latte. Get a YouTube subscription. Ding, ding, ding. And then you'll know instantly when the video is updated, upload to YouTube. So you'll be able to watch any Leisure segment as it's uploaded. And then you'll be in the know better, faster than all your friends. And they will all know how cool you are. If you want more Heathen Dog, you can check him out on YouTube. Heathen Dog, Heathen Dog anime and RPG segments. You can check out his team-ups currently with Empyrean with that Garthon cat. And soon others on the private server we have going. Also, check out past streams. Those are all fun. Watch him watch his glorious victories in Monopoly and Star Trek Online and his sad defeats in this war of mine and his victories in this war of mine and Portal. <laughs> Portal's happening. That's awesome. Portal 2 currently happening. Yes, with Algarian. All right, and make sure to check out his Monday stream at 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern of Portal 2 with Algarian. Highly entertaining. Yes, it is. Love that. Thank you, Heathen Dog. You are welcome. All right. Yeah, do you do your thing? I know, I know. I'm just waiting. Whether you're a longtime fan of comic books or someone ready to take the plunge into the comic book genre, look no further than Garthon's Comic Poll. Join Garthon live every Saturday at 8 p.m. Central on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Ask your comic book questions and engage in comic book discussions with Garthon directly. Now, let's give it up to Garthon. Yes, Garthon's comic pull. Garthon buys comics and reads them and tells you about them. Subscribe! Oh my god! That almost hit me. It was surprising. Alright. First up is... Don't scare us with Garthon's comic pull. Thank you. With Captain America number 10, written by Ta-Nehisi Coates, art by Adam Kubert, colors by Frank Martin, and the cover by Alex Ross. Everyone loves Alex Ross covers. If you don't, I don't know why. But they're awesome. Uh, his current run of Captain America covers have all been very kind of washed out. Uh, mm -hmm. He's going for that style. Okay. It's not bad. I'm not mad at it. But if I saw this on the shelf, would I say, I need to buy that book? I don't know if I would say that necessarily. Mm. It's like, oh boy, shirtless Steve Rogers fighting people with plastic shields. Look like riot police. Which they are. So, because oh, he's in prison. Uh, in this issue... Uh, he's still locked in Baron Von Strucker's super prison called the Myrmidon. Uh, however, Thunderball of the Wrecking Crew is contacted by the Invisible Woman. Because she can get in, apparently. Because she's part of that big, as we were introduced to previously, the big conglomerate of superhero females who have all banded together to rescue Captain America and prove he's not evil. Because I guess the girls have to unite to protect him. It seems strange. It's all women. But you know what? Whatever. It works. Um, Adam Kubert's art. Adam Kubert's art is always fantastic. He really. I'm glad he came back to do Marvel to doing Captain America. I just love his art. Um, but Thunderbolt's basically like, hey, you know, I'm not ever that bad of a guy. And she's like, yeah, you know, because it's a different Thunderball than the first Thunderball. He's actually. Anyway, long story. Because uh, he keeps saying, you know, they say, they thought it was like a Dr. Franklin. I'm not, I'm, my name's Dr. Franklin. I'm not that same. Anyway, 
say, hey, we have to make it, we know it's not going well, we're trying to get him out of here, but we have to make sacrifices. And then she jabs him with something and ejects him and says, but it's more than a start, we need a sacrifice, Dr. Franklin. We need heroes. Um, afterward, uh, that goes to a scene where when Bernd von Strucker decides to beat the living crap out of someone because he has super strength and super endurance now, um, he does it in a cage in front of all the other prisoners. Um, and the, the prison is set up, you know, in a big area where it has glass walls where they can watch Baron von Strucker beating someone to death to let them know if you screw up, he'll beat you to death. Or if he feels like it, he'll beat you to death. Because he can. So he's decided to finally beat the crap out of Captain America. While he's doing that, um, they wheel in Thunderball, who is now very sick, and they wheel him next to his buddy, the Wrecker, who's like, hey, uh, you, know, you just gotta learn how to tap out of these fights, where you're just gonna kill you. He's like, I don't feel so good. Like, hey, that's fine, man. At least if you're sick, you get front row of seats, right? Well, as Cap is fighting about Strucker, like he's gonna go down. He does his internal monologue about, that's eh, kind of a typical Captain monologue, if I won't give up type stuff. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff, I admit it. But, whatever they injected him with then like kind of goes off and he releases like a large EMP pulse, which looks like it does not do any favors to him. And all the prison power goes out. So wait, wait, wait. Susan Storm. Yes. Uh, injected him with uh, with uh, a, a, uh, some kind of virus or something. Some that nanovirus probably, that made his powers go berserk. That made his powers powers go, go berserk and she did that on purpose. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think that's kind of weird myself too. It's like I don't remember her being that. Maybe it's, she knows it's just gonna hurt him for a little bit. It's not gonna do any permanent damage. Uh, still, I don't. Uh, the, uh, historically, she's she's been written to be a lot more, a lot nicer nice. than that. Unless you're trying to make yeah. a point. Yeah. Yeah. In general, yeah. I don't know what to say about that either. I thought it was a little odd out of character. I thought, well, if it doesn't actually do any permanent damage, he is a bad guy who's tried to kill her before. Yeah. But, so, EMP is the place. The bad guys immediately start breaking out of their cages. Because they're like, ha screw this noise. Uh, Strucker's like, what? And Cap used that, that time to, you know, jaw jack him and throw him through a cage to get out of there. Because now it's all energized and stopping him from doing that. And it ends with kind of a stalemate where all these bad guys are out. And so is Cap. But he's kind of not been a jerk to them. So it's like, is they all going to jailbreak together? What's going to happen? It's one of those tense scenes gets set up. Uh, meanwhile, there's also some backstory about how Alexander Lucan had hired the foreigner to kill Ross, uh, General Thunderbolt Ross, and frame Captain America. But now all these people are after foreigner, and he's like, whoa, you did not tell me that there's all these other people on this, and I'm having a lot of difficulties, and part of my taking your job was you need to tell me all involved parties, and there's something you didn't tell me. And Lucan, who is, by the way, has the Red Skull living in his mind, long story uh just accept it is basically like uh well you know i told you things. they're base basically like well you know what foreigner says you know what you're now on my list if i see you i will kill you never contact me again lucan's like you know what if i see you i'll kill you so uh, i already paid you you need to shut up and they hang up and they don't like each other because they're both bad guys sure at that point lucan goes well who can i call to take care of my captain america issues i know and he calls crossbones and he okay. basically says, hey, I need, you to, I need you to do a job. And he's just like, cool, I like jobs. And that's where that kind of ends. You don't know where it's going. Well, you kind of do know where it's going. Yeah, well, he's 
right now Lucan is concerned with like the the secret society of females who is like causing him havoc, trying to like prove Captain America's innocent. He doesn't like them. Red says crossbones. What? Like yeah, crossbones. Crossbones and Sin, who is Red Skull's daughter, um, are still in are still Bonnie and Clyde together apparently. You, you know, Ravenslayer, I thought he was dead too. But you know what? Apparently he's not. Apparently he this got is, better. This is comics. He could have been dead. Maybe he could've got brought been. back to life in that uh, after uh, the universe got reset. There you go. I guess. I thought he one was of, dead too, but there he is. One of the times the universe or, or was Or maybe reset. it's like a, a, a different Crossbones. Could be someone else wearing the suit and hanging out with Sin. You never know. But uh, that's where it ends, with all the prisoners breaking out and Cap being like, huh, well, this isn't good. And, uh, yeah. So I love the art. I love that it's – I enjoy the story. I haven't really liked the Caps being accused of bad things. And there's still a whole lot of back-channel stuff in the book about people not believing that it was not Captain America who was the evil Hydra boss, but a duplicate of him, and no one really believes it still. And this is the only book still talking about that. And honestly, it is Captain America. It should be talking about that. That was a major story event for a whole year. Mm-hmm. But every other comic has completely flushed that down the toilet like it belongs. Yeah. And I don't know why Tony C. Coast decided that that's what he wanted to pin his storyline on. Whereas Mark Wade, when he did his terrible run on the book, he ignored that really quickly. It was a bad run, but he ignored that at least. Uh, Tiny C. Coates' run is much better, but for some reason he's paying attention to that story arc. I don't know why. Well, maybe he's trying to polish a turd. I don't know. That's what it seems like. It's been a pretty good run. I enjoy Tiny C. Coates' writing. I enjoy his characters. I love Adam Kubert's art. The color does a great job. Frank Martin's colors are really nice in this. Um, The book works on almost every level, except for why are you dealing with this storyline still? I don't like that. Uh, Sin is a neat character idea. I like it. You can't polish a turd, just flush it. I agree. There's a lot good in this book, and there's a lot bad. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I wish it was better. The art is really good, so it makes me want to get it higher. The writing is good. It's mainly just the arc I don't like, so I have no real issue with it. Um, so I'm going to give it three stars. Okay. I, it's, it's a little better than average because the art and writing are strong. So the characterization is good. I, I just don't really like the story arc. Just- yeah. Yeah. It's it, and it seems like he's pulling in elements that if you weren't re- if you have not been reading Captain America from the 2000s, you have no idea who Alexander Lucan is. You have no idea he has the red skull in his head. You have no idea of any of that crap. Which is kind of cool if you're a longtime fan because he brings that back. But if you're not, you're lost. Mm. So, eh, three stars. I can be argued three and a half. No, I'm going three. Okay. Next book. Yeah, Ravenslayer is really offended by uh, Susan Storm, how she was Yeah, I, I didn't really love it either. Didn't hate it. Mm. But The Flash, number 70, written by Joshua Williams, art by Howard Porter, colors by Hi-Fi, and cover by Porter and Hi-Fi. Uh, the oh, colors... wait, but, hang on. But before you start, I have, I have a one question that I think is important to me, probably, probably to the viewers too. Does this involve the Heroes in Crisis storyline? Not at all. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> Nothing ahead. else involves Heroes in Crisis except Heroes in Crisis. I'm glad. Uh, yes, they, which is they, good they because Heroes in Crisis is, yeah, it, 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 it's a horrible outbreak. It needs to be contained. 
that thing wasn't written, it was summoned via dark magic into this world. <laughs> but on a happier note, The Flash, yeah. number 70, Joshua Williams. Uh, this says it says uh, blazing across the top, chapter one of year one. The basically when DC does its year one storylines, it's a retelling of the first year of a hero's action. They're not sure. saying necessarily that everything in the past is hogwash, but it gives you an idea of where they want the character to be now by telling you a slightly different version of the origin story. Um, sure. They did a Batman Year One, which was actually really good. Made no sense, but it was really good. The I mean Gotham was oh, anyway. not going to talk about that right now. The they did Superman Year One, but this is the Flash Year One. It begins with a quick thing with uh, Barry Allen reading comic his mother's old comic books. And talk about how he was picked on again, but he has he likes comic heroes because they stand up for the little guy, like the classic Flash comics he loves, which is makes sense. Um, and his mother, you know, is busy giving you advice. You know, that's my Barry, always hopeful. Whatever happens in this life, never lose that. And then later, as we all know, his mother gets murdered. Yeah. Uh, they don't show that. They no. But later it goes on to him showing him as a criminal forensics analysis analyst. Uh, he'll work on some crime scenes, introduce some of the other characters that he deals with. Uh, he ends up working late, of course. Lab accident happens. Got your big panel there. Ah! By lightning, chemicals, chemicals. Yep, chemicals, chemicals. Ends up in the hospital. Uh, gets better real fast. And there's actually kind of a neat scene where he wakes up like, why am I here? I, I don't need to be here. I need, I, I need to be... I, I need to be working that case. And he's like, boom, like he's where he was thinking of going. He's there. He's like, uh, how, why am I here? I don't need to be here. I'm, I'm in my room. I need to get home. And boom, he's at his home. He's like, what the hell is happening? And okay, he's like, I might be in the hospital now. <laughs> yeah, it's like he, think he, was, he thinks of running someplace. And boom, he's already ran there. He's like, oh, what the? And then he gets to his lockers at work. And he's like, ah, and he changes really fast. And one of his coworkers comes by. He's like, I thought you were in the hospital. He's like, oh, they released me. I got better. He's like, oh, all right, hey, well, since you're here, he said, he, he starts working on the case again. Um, he starts, there's some minor stuff he's going through, like how his father treated him really badly, was abusive, his father was accused, well, not necessarily abusive, his father was accused of murdering his mother, and he didn't really seem apologetic about it. He actually told his son, I murdered your mother. Um, who knows what that's about? Um, no, it's it's probably he was coerced by the bad guy who actually right. did it to, exactly. to say that. Yeah, so that way he doesn't get hurt or something. He's just trying to protect sure. his son. And then uh, juxtaposing out with his mother telling him never to give up hope and to be the best he can. But you get a lot of really scenes in this book of him feeling out his powers, like wearing out, you know, like, okay, let's see how fast I can go. And like wearing out multiple pairs of shoes. Like the cover they show is, right. you know, him on a pile of shoes. Hank never that, tells Barry that. Well, that, that gets expensive fast. He doesn't. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But uh, he keeps wearing through shoes. Uh, it's a neat progression. The story is actually pretty well told. The way it's paced out, the way it's done. Some of the characters are kind of introduced a little quickly. Um, maybe it could be interspersed a little better. But you actually get a really solid voice about who all the characters are, which is nice because a lot of them you're not there all the time. You don't have the, all this background with them. Um, my Flash history with the comics is not the strongest, so this is actually really an introduction. Right, here's this character, this character, this character, and does a really strong job bringing those personalities out. Um, it shows how he, the boots he settles on were actually made by Wayne Tech for firefighters. That's why they're so heat resistant. 
and that way they they, they won't shred and with the massive amount of friction he generates. It's like, yeah, all right, that's kind of cool. The but at the very end, he decides to just how fast he can push himself. He goes past 100 miles an hour, 200 miles an hour, nothing. Faster, 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 faster. And then he hits a wall. And when he wakes up, not a literal wall, you know, he bounces off something. And when he wakes up, there's like all these people in like turtle suits yelling, yeah, work more for the turtle, faster you slugs. He's like, what? Uh, what? What? You, what, what are you doing out of your shell? I, I mean, I don't know. The, and then he ends up getting rescued by himself ten years in the future. Wait, what? He he ran so fast he jumped into a Howard the Duck comic? Yeah, pretty much. He runs into himself in the future. Ah, they don't say ten years, but he runs himself into the self into the future. Right. And basically, someone goes and knocks over all the turtle troops and goes, Damn it, Barry! We shouldn't be here. It's like, what are we going to learn that... Learn how dangerous time travel is. And he sees like an older version of himself with a beard looking all manly and awesome. So they went to time travel pretty quick. Yeah. B bounced off the like, speed force to go through time travel. But as this uh Wurzler says, Hank never tells Barry that one thing the CW showed to rise to get the background right and they had the can of the comics properly down. That's true. And then again, maybe that's just a weird scene thrown in there. Like it's, it's only a couple like a couple of very tiny panels just remembering his dad mentioning that. So it's just kind of a weird thing thrown in. Um, yeah, it's, it's probably going to be a plot down the, down the yeah, road. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a plot year. point further down the road where his father was trying to protect him. Exactly, right. Um, so an interesting book. I it's a not, If you're looking to jump into the Flash comic, it's a good point uh, because they're telling an origin story. So it's not really connected to anything. I mean, it is connected to future events, of course. And if you are already a fan of the series, you can point out stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I liked the strong characterization of the of introducing all the characters. I did think that they went to the time travel button a little too quick, but if you're depending how many how long they want the storyline to run, you might want him to get a mentor real fast because it doesn't look like he has one of those, and he doesn't brood enough. Uh, there were some elements I didn't like where he's when he's fair his powers he. Uh, he figures out he could use the speed force. He could study super fast and read all these books, but then he forgets the information just as quickly. I was like, eh, does that mean he could never learn anything? Or he no, just it, yeah, yeah, can't they, use... they... Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, I mean, maybe it means that he can't use his powers to learn anything. I don't know. Just yeah, to... that's, that's basically it. Uh, starting in like the early 90s, his powers, like the speed force became this huge thing, right? That's true. And, that's true. Yeah, and, and he's able to do all kinds of stuff with it. One of them is, is using his powers to speed read and retain 100% of the information they learned, but it, it faded depending on the writer. It faded between an hour and a day. Okay. So yeah, that, yeah. that, that holds up to what's happening here too then. Okay. All right, cool. So yeah, that was neat. Um, I enjoyed the book. It was a good jumping on point. The art wasn't the best in the world. It was not bad at all. I, I enjoyed the art. It's not as strong as that as Cubert's, uh, but you know, very few people are. Uh, I really like this book. I give it three and a half stars. Nice. Not a perfect book, but I really liked it. I want to see where it's going. If the other issues are stronger, my it, my view of this book might rise. But right now, three and a half stars, really good jumping on point for the Flash, and I am no longer buying the Uncanny X-Men until they change writers, because God no. And I'm now getting the Flash, so. I'm going to be following this for a while. Excellent. Last up.
I'm going long today. Is War of the Realms, New Agents of Atlas, number one. Written by Greg Pak. Art by Gang Hyuk Lim. Colors by Frederico Blee. Cover by Billy Tan. Uh, it's uh, part of the War of the Realms stuff, tangentially. They kind of introduced this in this book. The Agents of Atlas were an old, old superhero group that they've brought into the modern age semi-recently. Um, but this book mainly involves characters from the champions through other groups. In the end, as you can tell from the cover, it ends up being like a whole bunch of Asian-American and, and Asian-Asian heroes. I don't know why. Asian. Yeah, Asian people from Asia. It's not Asian-American. Okay. You know. So, but it starts out with uh, a Filipino superhero, uh, I was saying Wave, I think, looking for, uh, tracking down a disturbance. Korean superhero's like, hey, this ain't your, this isn't your, you're not in international seas. He's like, well, there's something down there. Like, wait, what? and then they're fighting, and then uh, a big volcano erupts underneath them. That's that scene right there. Which knocks them out, because they both have water and ice-based powers. So, one looks like a Jessica Drew knockoff. Which one? Talk about Silk? Silk's been around for a very long time. Anyway. So, uh, which goes back to Mo uh, like a demonstration in Mumbai. I think that's a playoff of Overwatch, honestly, them being in Mumbai. Uh, and the way that robot looks. The champions are fighting a robot. Uh, Amadeus Cho who has Hulk powers now, has for a while. Um, they're trying to show, like, how you use teamwork to take out, like, this robot, and they're all working together. Oh, this Cho just then runs, but runs to half his life, and they, like, try to make, yes, and uh, we held him so he could do that, which he was just showboating, because he can. Right. The... Which kind of ends up with them in, like, a little argument. Um, uh, they end up getting recruited by Atlas. It's like, hey, why don't you guys all join me? And most of the team goes with him. Uh, mainly the Asian members, because they're going to this big disturbance in Asia. And they know the languages, so it really helps. Makes sense. Um, there actually is like a couple neat scenes where he's, where they're building the team, and he's talking about trust and teamwork, and some really nice moments of, nice moments of that I really liked. In the end, uh, they, they end up in uh, South Korea, and that's when, like, all the, the fire woogies from the War of the Realms start showing up. People from uh, Muspelheim? Fire woogies? Is that the technical term? That's not the technical term. But I think uh, I think it's it's not Helheim. It's, like, Muspelheim, the fireplace. Uh, start showing up and, like, wrecking the place. Uh, and they see this Korean super team very easy, very nicely working together and coordinating off the threats. And all this show is like, don't worry, I'll help. He's like, they're they're working together fine. You don't need, no, I got it. And he gets in there, and he just he ends up screwing up, and it's you know looked like he was attacking one or the other. He was like, oh my gosh, we got a new threat. And they're like, no way, we're on your side. And of course, you get the they start kind of having to deal with. They don't go all out each other. They start fighting each other, which or distracts the teamwork enough that the the fire woogies are able to get the upper hand on them. And they just and they end up just screwing each other over pretty bad. Um, like one of them says, "Don't worry, I'll freeze the, I'll, I'll spray them with this water hose." One of the people has ice powers that are always on, so the water really just freezes or solid. And they're like, "Oh crap!" And so that's kind of the situation they're stuck in at the end, where they realize, "Oh wait, we don't work together well as a team at all." Meanwhile, the two original people who on, on the island who got knocked out with a volcano. Um, 
come to and they find the Muselheim people showing up because uh, they're making new Muselheim and like uh, oh, what did she say her name is but basically they get some giant demon and the other demons there it's like ha 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 my master knew we had to take you fools out first because your ice power because your water powers but now you have no chance because this is new Muselheim ah! and oh wait that's the team of the other, but they, uh, some of the smaller demons are coming to attack the people like you see on the panel on the left as they're unconscious. Mm -hmm. And right when they're about to get killed, um, the lava actually starts, slices out with onyx knives and cuts the demons in half. And the girls are like, what the hell just happened here? And, uh, you see this, uh, Pacific Islander woman, female behind them with a big spear. Uh, wearing robes, who basically says, all right, you tried to take me out and you failed, you idiots. This world only has room for one queen of lava, and that's me. And she announces herself as Pele, the lord of volcanoes, and she's here to help. Okay. And to which the other two are like, oh, well, that'll work. So I kind of, the I actually like the, entry, the ending with bringing in uh, Pele into it. If you watch Moana, you should know who that is. I don't. I don't watch Moana. You know who Pele is? Uh, besides the the former soccer great, no. <laughs> <sighs> That's a Hawaiian goddess of fire, and volcanoes. Uh, okay. I figured, yeah. Yeah. So that was actually kind of a neat surprise at the end. Uh, this is actually a really nice bring. Yeah, Pele, the Hawaiian goddess, exactly. Not Lord of Volcano, but goddess of fire, right? I I was just I was riffing. The I liked this issue just as an issue one, you want to set your premise, set your bad guy, set your team up, make people interested in getting the next issue. And this does all of those things. It sets up your team with all these heroes, some who've worked together, some haven't. You actually got two separate smaller teams. You got a common foe they're going to need to band up against. You had your initial misunderstanding. You always got to have that. You got your showboater. You got these people who are finally learning. Oh, wait, teamwork, good. And at the end, you see this ray of hope against the overwhelming bad guy force when Pele shows up. And that's like a dramatic reveal at the end. So all of that works together, including all throughout the book are little character bits of why some of these characters are here. There's a lot of characters on the team, so they ha not everyone's gotten their spotlight in the first issue. That's You just can't do that, really, not effectively. Um, so this looks like it's only a four-part series, I think, maybe six. Really? Pretty sure four. Yeah, it's, it's only part of the War of the Realms thing. Oh, right. But as always, if they sell a million copies, they're going to make more. That's the way it is nowadays. But it's a limited series. Probably going to get the rest because I really liked the setup. It seemed interesting. Uh, and a lot of these characters, like Shang-Chi, I've always really loved. And I, when he's in a book, I generally go to buy it. Uh, characters like Silk, I really loved her initial introduction in Amazing Spider-Man. I thought she was kind of hosed afterward after uh, Spider-Gwen became more super popular Marvel is kind of looked. It was like, ah, we don't like Silk either. Spider Gwen, Spider Gwen, that's our girl. Yo, put her in the movies, you know. Um, where Silk was supposed to be in that position, but for some reason the fanboys just loved the idea of Gwen Stacy as a spider person. So Silk is just your knockoff. She's not a knockoff at all. She's a Spider-Man knockoff. But yeah, well I guess Dreska Juice is Spider-Man knockoff too. Sure. Yep, yes, that's Silk. 
Uh, of course, of course, Jessica Drew now looks nothing like that. Jessica Drew looks like an idiot in a biker costume uh, with bad sunglasses with a baby. Her comic is no longer, and she was unreadable. Barhawk says Silk was a great idea, just less cool. Jessica Drew is from Wondergore. No, 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 Ravenslayer. You have not read the recent histories of Jessica Drew. They've completely rewritten her background like three times. They have made Jessica Drew Spider-Woman one of the least interesting and stupidest characters in the Marvel Universe. Awesome. Uh, anyway, what, what that's a whole a... other... I, I, she made me mad thinking of what they did to Spider-Woman. Anyway, Age of Atlas number one, written by Greg Pat, art by Game <laughs> Colors of Frederick Lee, color by Billy Tan. Yes, Stephen, if they retconned her, that's where she was born. No, they retconned it. Yeah, <laughs> they completely they changed her history multiple times. Took it away. Just like they said that Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver uh, were no longer Magneto's children. They're from Undergore, too. Ravens says, I don't give a damn. You know what, Raven's Lair? I'm on your side. I was hoping, I was hoping beyond anything that when the, that they were going to reveal that Jessica Drew, again, was a scroll or was an alien for the Cosmic Cube, or I always keep hoping they're going to reve they reveal that, oh, the one who had the baby and screwed up everything was a terrible character, whoever who you hate. That's not really her, no. I keep waiting for that. This hasn't happened yet. They just keep making her less and less relevant. She went from a key member of the Avengers for a while. Merchandise, books, statues, posters. She was a very interesting and exciting character. And then they gave her to this idiot writer who completely changed everything about the character, the costume, the storyline, the background, gave her a weird alien baby. And it didn't work. And no one bought the book. And her stock would god it hurts and no one bothers anymore no one cares about the character anymore to the point where you don't even see her she gets barely mentioned anymore and 10 years ago she was a hot commodity and they destroyed that character and i don't know why so anyway for age of atlas number one really enjoyed the book a nice strong start four stars for garthon for age of atlas number one yeah, really liked the book. Strong art. I like the storytelling. Interesting setup. It moved really quickly. I want to see where it's going. And it's only a four-issue miniseries. Maybe five. Maybe six. Yeah, like that. Uh, so, yeah. Very nice. And that was Gomerathon's comic poll. What are your thoughts to say? What are your thoughts on The Flash? Do you like the idea of doing a year one? Uh, re retelling the history a little bit? Uh, do you like the way his powers were introduced? Do you think they went to time travel too quick? Do you? Maybe I don't know. let me know. Maybe I'm totally off base. I often am. Uh, if you have any suggestions for future comic reviews, any smaller indie comics, bigger comics you want me to review, uh, let me know. I am interested to see what you think. And if you enjoyed these reviews, please share this episode. And as always, don't miss an episode. You can follow on Twitchy, and you say, "Yeah, I want any notifications." And like, "Oh, hey, I know they're on." Then you subscribe, and things are better, and you're available. And there for subscriber-only giveaways, and that will always be good for you. Because we have our subscriber giveaways coming up every month. And also, you subscribe on YouTube. Ding, ding, and then you will know when the videos are up to, uploaded to YouTube. And you can know instantly and be aware of when they are there. So you can watch them as soon as possible and be in the know, my friends. And you know the know is what's known. And we know you know that you know. 
Lots of no's. <laughs> so, more Garthings, check it on YouTube. Check my old videos that are up there on the YouTubes of past streams of video games like Star Trek Online, Secret World Legends, and others. You can watch me stream currently playing Yakuza Kiwami Monday, uh, Sunday night at 10 Eastern, 9 Central. Uh, currently teaming up on Thursdays with Heathen Dog for Empyrean Galactic Survival. So check that out, and thank you very much for watching. How much do you want more scrolls? I like... I. There have been interesting scroll characters. I will say that. But in general, scrolls are bad guys. Yeah. Which is one of the main problems with... Well, one of the many problems with the Captain Marvel movie. Scrolls are not sympathetic. They are bad guys. They are evil conquerors. But thank you, everyone. It is now time for the Legion of Myth RNG. Where Legion of Myth talks about random things that happen across their skulls. And they want you to know about them. And this week, we at the Legion of Myth are talking about, here on the fabulous RNG, video game remasters. Are they good or bad? He the dog, what do you know about video game remasters? Ah! Uh, <laughs> well, uh, Artie well, Bubbles has become a Legionnaire. Thank you. Thank you. What do I know about them? I know that uh, nowadays, in the last, what was it, like five years? Maybe? Wait, wait, wait. You say the, the scrolls are only evil from a Kree-centric point of view? They've tried to take over the Earth like a hundred times. Well, now, uh, it's also, I think it, I think now it's canon, or it was canon, where where they were they were peaceful until the Kree came along, and that's where they learned how to be warriors and be D-bags. And that doesn't matter. They're still warriors and D-bags. I know, I know, I know. I mean, yeah, I mean... Sure, the 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 Kree abused them in their in their racial racial childhood, and now they're taking it out on kids all over the galaxy. Whatever. Still and the fault. Kree are a bunch of evil d bags too. They're yes, both they bad. Are. They're both bad. I know. You know. Anyway, video game remasters. This is what I know about them. I know that uh, in the last five or seven years or so, it's been a hot thing for console games to to reach back in time generations, uh, console generations and bring an old game back with with new visuals and new voice acting and maybe change the plot up a little bit but mostly the same and sell it all over again that's what i know that's semi-accurate that's pretty close um yeah recently there's been it's always kind of been a thing i mean nintendo has re-released uh updated versions of super mario brothers uh on they released uh a version of Super Mario All-Stars on the Super Nintendo. So it's not a new thing. But this generation, the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, and now the Switch, uh, have seen a major, Im major flourishing of video game remakes and remasters. So they're taking games from previous generations, uh, such as Shenmue uh, from the Dreamcast. Mm -hmm. They're taking an old game that maybe did not get as much publicity at the time didn't make the sales they wanted and but nowadays has a lot of buzz about it and the old people talk about it but a lot, not everyone has a dreamcast most people do not have a dreamcast sitting around ready to play right. and a copy of the game so they take these games and hopefully they update them they redo the textures sometimes redo the models sometimes add extra dialogue uh fix issues with the original game sometimes sometimes they screw it up and then they release it on the current systems, PS4, Xbox One, and now, uh, as was mentioned in the chat by Mar Hawkman, 
they did a remaster of Final Fantasy X and X2 uh, that is now also going onto the Switch. So, this the idea is, if from a charitable point of view, they're taking old games that you can't play, probably, unless you're some kind of weirdo nerd who still has a Dreamcast hooked up, and a copy of the game, and can play it. So, and but you can still get that, and maybe a sequel, maybe bonus content that else you wouldn't have. Want to see a Jade Cocoon remaster? The and then releasing it on the new console so anyone can play it and make it look prettier, because that's always nice. If you want to get a negative connotation, they are taking an old game you already bought and making you buy it again. Not making you, but it really, you feel like you should. Because you loved that game, but you don't want to dig your PS1 out. Unless you might have already traded into GameStop. I don't know. You might have sold it. You might have gone up in a fire. Might have been stolen by your roommate, who you thought was really cool. Yeah, sure, he smoked weed once in a while, but he was still a really cool guy. And then you came home, and all your stuff was missing, he sold it for cocaine. And you really didn't talk too much after that. You heard he's in rehab, and he's actually pretty cool again, but you still, every time you look at him, all you can think of is all that your stack of games is gone, and you took your dog, too. So... It's not enough of it. <laughs> but the... But sometimes, you know, maybe... It feels like a cash grab. But some, but sometimes it doesn't. Like Resident Evil 2 uh, is currently like the hotness for the remaster. PlayStation 1 game, chunky polygons, tank controls, rough on it. Um, uh, Duncan says an excellent little debug by the publisher. Sips for pullback. Pillage each title needs to be signed off. The owner should be able to play the new system, but the publisher's money now. That's partly true. Partly it's Microsoft. It no, that's. I mean, PlayStation 4 actually cannot read the old discs. But they make these remasters, and like the Resident Evil 2 completely redid everything. They redid all the models, all the backgrounds, all the voices, all the textures, uh, to the point where the difference is absolutely stunning. It's basically a new game. Yeah, it is a new game that has this sa- oh, the same story and plot. And if you That's play, actually better animation than freaking Ultraman. <laughs> it actually is. If, if, if <laughs> you've played Resident Ultraman. Evil 2, it is freaking amazing what they did with this game. Resident Evil 2 was always a great game, but playing the remake actually is better than your memories, and your memories are better than the actual game. Mm-hmm. So, just they've done some fantastic things with some remakes. Some remakes are kind of crap. Um, or they really didn't do as much as they could have like but it also means how old the game is like you're what's interesting is there's also a tendency that they're remastering games from one console generation ago ps3 games getting reintroduced on the ps4 that's weird that's a little weird um usually when they're doing that it's because a game didn't sell a lot of copies of the ps3 but now it has this gigantic reputation as being fantastic and the sequels are coming out on the new consoles and people want to play the old games, but you can't find the old games, so now they're re-releasing them. With updated textures, but not new updated polygons. With updated voices. With uh, combat fixed. With uh, difficulty fixed. With So there's a lot of fixes and a bonus content that was released as DLC for the PS3 version being released on the PS4. And that is a good remake. 
Uh, like I said, there have been some bad remakes where all they do is basically maybe update the textures, shove it on a disc, and say, buy it, kid. Uh, also, there can be issues with some remakes and remasters, uh, such as the Switch version of Final Fantasy X and X-2, where you buy it, but only Final Fantasy X is on the physical media. You have to download X-2. There is plenty of room on that cartridge for the Switch for both games. Plenty. The Japanese version has them both on the cartridge. The international versions all only have 10 on the cartridge. You have to download 10 to. Suck. And you, the way it's done is you can only download it onto one console. So even if you go, if, let's say you own a Switch and you bought your kid a Switch. Your kid pops in it in, downloads 10 to, and then you're like, I want to play 10 to. You pop the cartridge in yours, it's like, yeah, you already downloaded that. You can't do it. And the moral of this story, don't buy your kids Switches. Well, that's just an idea of, like, a bad way to do a remake. And they just think they're making more money that way. I, I don't like... I always hate when you buy physical media and you can't play the game until you download stuff on the internet. But that is, like, the way of the world nowadays with updates. But when you download the whole game, that's a problem. Mm. Like, it says you buy that game. Really, what you're buying is a download code for Final Fantasy X-2. But, so there's a lot of different levels of remasters, what they're doing, why they're doing it. Ah, oh, hey, thanks. Thanks for being subscribed for three months. Thank you very much. Famous. Outstanding. Thank you. But the question is, are these remasters good? I mean, are they just money grabs? Do they actually form some kind of service? And I've actually thought long and hard about this recently. Because I am a, I play a lot of retro games. I love having my original hardware, my original original consoles, my original games. But I've also bought a lot of remakes, even if I own the original game. Part of that is convenience. I could run this old game on my new hardware with my new giant TV, with my wireless controllers, and not have to sell that crap up. And it's a lot easier. It's just simpler. And it looks better. Sometimes the port isn't super perfect. Usually it's better. Sometimes it's not. Uh, oh, which was it? Beyond Good and Evil, the remaster of that was awful because the sound is out of sync. Everything oh. else is great, but the sound is out of sync. That seems like a glaring error. That is a glaring, awful error, but the sound yeah. is out of sync. Um, so you have to wonder, I've been asking myself, is this good? This is a huge trend right now because it seems like more and more as video games get more and more expensive to develop uh, with budgets rivaling major movies, sometimes over. The idea of taking what you know will be successful and reissuing it is a great idea. People loved this game. Let's yeah. do it again. Well, that it also it makes a lot of sense. I mean, all of these multi-million dollar, like ten, twenty, thirty million dollar development games. That's the, those are like three pointers. If you make them, hey, great, you can win the game. But if you don't, then you could sink your company. Absolutely. So hey, why not uh, spatter some layups in there? Yep. You know, yep. You know, and pad the score a little bit, like with remasters. Yep. A good remaster is worth its weight. Is worth more than its weight in gold. It really mm -hmm. is. They could really make a ton of money. A bad remaster just sinks your country's reputation for a while. 
Um, Duncan says he's more unfair than now with the, uh, how bad the state of new game development's been. Like, oh, that's what I was saying. A lot of new stuff isn't made at the graphical updates. He, he's to transition back. That's true. Uh, Mark says, and if you don't have the PlayStation, you can use uh, what used to ever be a PlayStation exclusive on the Switch. Right. You can actually get games that are exclusive to other consoles on multiple platforms for the new consoles. Uh, like Final Fantasy XII, Final Fantasy X, Final Fantasy X-2, other remake of Final Fantasy VII. So that's actually really exciting. Uh, also, there's all like Genesis games being released. So this is actually a really interesting idea. And I've come more and more on the idea that what I think, are they good or bad? Because if people are buying these remakes, are they gonna go, they're not going to go back and search for these original games, are they? You're not going to see some teenager going, wow, that Resident Evil 2 remake was awesome. I want to play the original. Probably I love not. people who look like they're made out of cardboard boxes. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, does it hurt the idea of the original art of what was? Is it not? Is it somehow screwing with that memory? Is it playing off of old people or older people, like people in their 40s who remember playing as a teenager and want to buy it again? Is it a money grab? Is it too easy? Is it an easy layup? Is it a way of avoiding actually innovating anything? Or is it a product of convenience where you can play the games you loved, but better on better hardware with annoying parts taken out, with the grinding shortened? Is it a way for people who otherwise would never see this game a chance to play it and play the best version of it? So many questions. Give me an answer. Uh, Doug says that could be a good balance point. More likely that someone's been like, hey, let's play old games. Let's make new games like this. That could be nice. Uh, Malthus is all of the above. And so let's find out. I say they're good. In the end, I think these remakes actually help a lot. They let you play a game you might not be able to play otherwise. Uh, some games just, by their rarity, are too expensive to play. Some games were never released in America. Um, like Landgrisser. I am begging for a Landgrisser remake. It was never released in English. It's a tactical strategy game. Looks fantastic. I want to play it. I don't speak Japanese. So... Have trouble playing it. Yeah, a little difficult when you play a tactical strategy game. But yeah, I think overall these remasters are actually good. They're good for the industry. They're good for players. They're good for the companies. Because also usually these remasters don't usually cost the full like 60 bones a new game does. Usually they're around 40, sometimes 50. Um, if they're really if they're a complete insane remaster like Resident Evil 2, that is kind of worth the 60 bucks because that's a new game from scratch. That just has to have the same story, plot, and characters. Uh, so, fits with what I want next. Yeah, so it's... I think, overall, it's a good thing. It's nothing I really expected to see happening in the industry. Because they actually seem pretty resistant most of the time to releasing, re-releasing an old game. Uh, like, we don't want you to play that. We want you to play our new game! And now yeah. they're saying, wait, we could sell them that! Um, so, yeah. That's my final opinion. What do you think, Heathen Dog, after hearing all this? I think that uh, if if you go back at least two generations to, to to pick from the gems from, you know, you're on PlayStation 4, go back to PlayStation 2. Going back to PlayStation 3, it's a little too recent. That seems like a money grab right there. That, that, that seems a little well, too convenient. Well, but going back to PlayStation 2 or PlayStation or even, even, you know, back to, you know, Nintendo 64 or, say, the Dreamcast – 
that is probably that's probably a good deal because uh, the 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 kids, the teenagers now aren't going to have a Dreamcast. They're not going to have an N sixty four. They're not going to have access to to uh, right. To play and, unless they have some kind of insane parent who has all this yeah, stuff like, hooked up, like you, yes, like me. <laughs> so I think that is a good thing. But going like PlayStation three. Uh, come well, on now. I actually was very much on board with that, with not doing the last console generation. That's way too soon. Until yeah. I started wanting to play the Trails of the Sky series, or the Legend Heroes Trails of Cold Steel series. Right. I could not find a copy of that on PS3. Mm. Could not find it. I could find it on eBay. I don't want to pay 60 bucks for that game. Fair. But I could buy the PlayStation 4 version for less than that. And it's a better game. Okay. Uh, more voice acting, better textures. So it's one of those things that, like, it, there are cases where, because of the li how limited release the original one had, and all the sequels are being released on the new hardware, and the storyline is so complex, I want to play these other games, but I can't. They do sell it on Steam, though. So there is also Steam for a lot of these games, too. A lot of these remasters are also on Steam. Sure. Uh, especially all the Final Fantasy remasters, they're on Steam. Uh, the Falcom remasters, they're on Steam. You died of dysentery. Thanks. <laughs> Actually, you could, uh... Bring back the trail! Oregon <laughs> Trail's been remastered so many oh, times. Oh, so many times, I know, yeah. You can actually buy an Oregon Trail keychain where it actually plays the game. Not kidding. Wow. Uh, Final Fantasy 2 is the same mocap of Kotakumi dancing. It does. I'm one of the few people that really likes Final Fantasy X, too. I really do. I actually got into that game. Uh, let's see. Uh, Warhawk says the Resident Evil 2 remake lets you see the story from a different per point of view. It does, which is one of the great things you could do with these remasters. You could do something that weren't possible before. Uh, Razorly says they're following the old Hollywood trend of recycling old content. Yes, they are. But with how much it costs? And as long as it's a good remake, I'm for it. Warhawk says it's bonus playing modes outside the main story, which is cool. Go back to the Commodore 64. Oh my gosh. Raid on Bungling Bay is a great example. That actually is a good game, Raid on Bungling Bay. So, yeah, uh, Final Legion with Verdict on remastered games is they are good. We are for them, but they need to be done well. A, a cheap, throw-it-out-the-door remake, not so much. The Crash Bandicoot remaster was all right. It could have been so much better. So, yeah, I, I'm curious to see which ones come up. I really want to see more compilations. I would love to be able to get, like, Final Fantasy 1 through 6 on one disc. You know? Even if it's just, like, slight upgrades to the original games on one disc. That'd be great. Let's see if that ever happens. I doubt it. But that'd be nice. So, I, I still remember playing Fantasy Star 1 on the original Sega Master System. Man, they had a great remaster of the final of the Fantasy Star games, yeah. only released in Japan. Ugh. Well, there's other remasters that have been released outside of Japan, but the best one was the Sega Ages collection, and they were and they were in English too, but they were only released in Japan. What? Yep. What? Wow. Yep. The English translations were there on the discs, only released in the Sega Ages collection in Japan, and they the prices have just gone up and up and up on those, where it's just like not worth buying. Got it. Yep. Yeah, but if someone is ever in Japan and they see the fan the Fantasy Star collections for Sega Ages, uh, you can send one my way. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this RNG. Yeah. Now, what do you think of this segment? 
what are your thoughts on video game remasters? Do you for them? You against them? Do you have uh, and times where it's okay and times it's not? Let me know what you think. Are there any remasters you think I should look at as a, someone who loves retro games? Uh, do you have any ideas for future RNG topics? Any weird things you want us to talk about? And if you enjoy this RNG episode, please share it. Let your friends know. Like, hey, these guys were talking about that subject you were talking about. I know you like RNG remasters. So do these guys. Or maybe you hate remasters. Look at this. They have some ideas. So, thank you very much, everyone. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. That wraps it up for this night's episode. We hope you had a good time with us. Make sure to spread the word about the Legion of Myth, and we'll spread the word about you. That's how it works. For every individual goal we hit in 2019, don't remember, don't forget. I mean, do remember, don't forget. We have a contest specifically for that venue. Uh, we've already given away over 250. We have uh, over 250 in tabletop RPG and 1,000 video games ready to give away right now as soon as we hit those goals. We are ready for these goals to happen. We want them to happen right now. If all four goals are meant to help for three months, we'll have a special giveaway contest for 1,000 prizes. So tell everyone. Join the Legion. Join us on Discord. Watch us on YouTube. Go to YouTube. Look for Legion Man. Get our gear. Impress your friends. Intimidate your enemies. Find love in your Legion Myth gear. Shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion Myth. Follow us on Twitter at Legion Myth. Tweet us. We'll tweet you. We'll talk. We'll rap. It'll be good. Watch us live on Twitch. The best way to interact live with your favorite Legion Myth host or commentators. Who's your favorite Legion Myth host or commentator? It's Garthon. We know, but don't forget, everyone else is actually probably better. So you should pay attention to them. Hey, what? Th thanks, on. Remember, Max Leon on YouTube has his unboxing. Currently, Bigfoot Bill graphic novel. And the Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerer of the Hyperborea Kickstarter. Watch those. Those are fun. Everyone loves unboxings. And undressings. So, Max Leo also has his Earthon views up to Earthon, Disciplines, Adepts, Archer. Learn more about the Missile Attack Discipline on Earthon. And Earthon number 12, Disciplines, Adepts, Wizard. Where you can hear him speak as to a wizard. That we all know he is. Forsooth there about thou. I miss Algarian's wizard beard already. That's true. Yeah, he, he shaved off the get off my lawn beard. I know. Remember, LOM, Twitch, follower and subscriber giveaway coming 18th of May during the live stream. Be there with your friends. Subscribe. Get the good prizes. Get those Amazon gift cards. For every 10 follower entries, you get a one to two Steam games. Spread the word. Let everyone know. Join us in Gen Con. Buy tickets in January. Tabletop Day coming June. Let us know. Thank you, everyone. Remember, you have one life. Live it well, live it nerdy, and have a great journal and novel.